Well, hey, hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Amazing Seller Podcast. This is episode number 289 and session number 87 of Ask Scott. This is where I answer your questions here on the podcast. And you guys know I've said this, what, probably 87 times now. I love doing this, especially now since I've been back from our live event. We just had one in Arizona, in Phoenix, Arizona, and we met with some uh, Amazon sellers and just we got in a room for two whole days and we just uh, sat around a table and just discussed this stuff. And I just love, love talking about it and being able to do this on Fridays and on the Ask Scott sessions, it really allows me to do something very similar and that is listen to your questions and then uh, just answer them. Like whether it's, it's a full out answer or just my opinion or whatever it is, if I can help you in one small way, move a little bit towards your goals, that would be awesome for me. I truly, truly uh, love this stuff and uh, and I just want to be able to do what I can to actually get you a little bit closer. Uh, so let me just say, we are approaching the new year, right? And when we get to the new year, we're always like, okay, now good, it's a fresh start. And I've never really been a believer that we have to wait to January 1st to make that our new, like our, our resolution, right? But it's kind of like that day that marks that we're all going to get a clean, you know, slate. That clean slate could be in July. It doesn't matter. But that's what we do, right? So what I want to say, though, is uh, I just did an episode, last episode, 288, with Josh Bowerly, and uh, we talked all about taxes and preparation and all of that stuff. Definitely go check that one out if you have not done so. It's just a good refresher if you wanted to kind of think about what you need to plan for moving forward with taxes. And I know sometimes, you know, it's not that uh, exciting to talk about, and it can be, you know, a little bit of that topic that's like, ah, it's just a little scary or I don't want to have to think about it. But honestly, you can really go at this thing and uh, and plan a little bit better. So this way here, it doesn't seem like it's a lot of stress. You just understand what you got to do. You know your deductions. You know how your legal entity setups, all that stuff. Definitely go check it out. Don't be afraid of it. Just go there and listen. And uh, I'm sure that it will make it a little bit more clear for you and probably allow you to save a little bit of money if you didn't know about some of these deductions. So definitely go check out that episode. I also wanted to say before we jump into today's questions is, you know, I get a lot of people that say, Scott, you know, it's it's fourth quarter right now. And I mean, depending on when you're listening to this, if you're listening to this in July of 2017, well, then it's not uh, fourth quarter for you, right? But if it is right now, you know, December and it's fourth quarter, uh, you're thinking to yourselves, well, I, I don't know. I think I'm just going to wait. I'm not going to start right now because after the first of the year, I mean, sales are just going to tank, right? They're just going to die. And that's the furthest from the truth. Like I always tell people like, listen, start where you are right now. Like if you want to get started, there's no reason to not get started. Right. Um, I'm actually having some t-shirts made up for myself that I'm going to start wearing. And one of them is just start. That's, that's the, that's the t-shirt. That's it. Because I really truly believe that no matter what we're doing, whether it's in, uh, I don't know, uh, if, if we want to work out, right, just start, just start somewhere. Right. And if you're in business and you want to get started, just start. Uh, so maybe we should make, I actually had, I had a different word of the day, but maybe we should use that phrase, just start today. Maybe that should be the one I'll save the other one for uh, the next ask Scott. But yeah, right now, I think that just kind of came very naturally. Just start. Like that's a, a huge one. All right. Wherever you are in the process, just start. Um, I did want to remind you, I have two more workshops this year that we're going to be doing around getting started on Amazon. If you have not attended one or you want to attend another one, I have two different kinds that we do now. One is just for product research. 
and kind of going through that whole process because that is phase one, okay? That's going to be happening December 1st. So go over to theamazingseller.com forward slash workshop and you can register there. If you're listening to this after December 1st, still go to that page and there'll be whatever the upcoming one is, whether it's product research search or uh, I can't speak this morning or if it's the five phases that we do. We also do one that walks you through the five phases, including product research, but really how to launch that product. So if you want to register for one of them, head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash workshop and you can register for an upcoming uh, one there. And I just want to remind you guys to the show notes, definitely go check them out for this episode, theamazingseller.com forward slash 289. That's where all the links will be. So if you just wanted to know one link to go to, it would be that one. We have transcripts there, links. Um, I'll even have uh, links to the uh, workshops and stuff like that. So if you want to go over to those, definitely do that. And one, one last thing that I wanted to uh, mention here. If you guys want to ask me a question and have it aired on Ask Scott, go over to theamazingseller.com forward slash ask. Really simple, really simple uh, way to do that. Just go over there, click the little record button, make sure you have a mic, obviously, and record your name and a short question, and possibly I'll answer it on an upcoming show. I'll do my best to do that. Oh, wait a minute. That's right. One more thing. Uh, This is going to be airing. I believe it's the beginning of December. Um, I'm going to be actually in San Diego the uh, 9th and the 10th. I'm going to be there for a a small uh, workshop myself, going there to educate myself. And I decided to maybe do a little TAS meetup there at nighttime on one of those. If you're interested at all at that, you're going to want to head over to the Facebook page, the TAS Facebook page. Um, I'll actually leave the link in the show notes to this one, and you can just leave a little, yeah, I'd like to attend, or no, maybe next time, whatever. I'll leave the link to that as well. We've, I think we've got just about 30 people or 35 people that already said that they wanted to uh, to uh, meet up, and uh, again, just going to be totally unofficial. We're just going to hang out for, uh, for an evening, chat, shake hands, um, have a drink together, whatever, um, so if you're interested at all at that, I will be in San Diego uh, on the 9th and the 10th, and uh, one of those nights we're going to designate for a TAS unofficial meetup. It's going to be so awesome. I can't wait to do it. So, all right, guys, I think I've rambled enough. Man, there's a lot going on, and it seems like I'm a little bit more excited and hyper today than I, I am, and I've only had one cup of coffee, which is crazy. So uh, why don't you guys uh, sit back, relax. Let's go ahead and listen to today's first question, and I'll give you my answer. Hey, Scott. My name is Josh. I uh, wanted to ask you a question about packaging. So I have a product in Amazon. It's doing well. Um, was thinking about upgrading the packaging from just a poly bag to a box, you know, with logos, things of that nature. Would that affect anything with my listing being technically a little bit different? Does Amazon even care if you change the packaging? Um, not really sure if you've answered this question before, but looking forward to your response. Hopefully that made sense. Thank you again, Scott. Hey, Josh, thank you so much for the question. Great question, by the way. Uh, and yeah, you know what? This is this is something that uh, you may find yourself doing, not just you, but anyone listening right now. Like if you are launching your product and you're just trying to get it to the market, right? Like we're just trying to get the product to market. We use a poly bag. Now, right now, currently, as we're airing this, uh, you can still pretty much just use a poly bag. And all a poly bag really is is a sealed plastic bag. Okay. Now, my good friend, Dom Sugar, uh, who you guys may or may not have heard me have on the show before. You've heard me on Facebook Live, and uh, him and I are, are, are good friends now. We're actually uh, partnering uh, on, a, on a couple of things right now as well, so just a great guy, really smart, uh, and he's been in the retail business for a very long time. His 
his beliefs and his, uh, I guess, his forecast is that Amazon's eventually going to probably do away with people launching products with poly bags. Now, as of right now, that's not the case. What he's saying is, is they're going to want it retail ready. They're going to want it like if you were to put it on the shelves of Walmart or Target, it's got to be retail ready, right? And there's all these different terminologies, which I'll probably have him on in a, in a future podcast to talk all about packaging because he starts throwing out all of these terms and these different kinds, uh, clamshell, this one, that one, right? So he just starts uh, just throwing out all of these different blister packs, all of this stuff. And, uh, you know, sometimes I don't know what he's talking about. So it's probably going to be a good idea to have him on. But my point is this, as of right now, we can still launch products and put them out there and, you know, have it be a poly bag with our label on it. Like right now, technically, as this thing is recorded and as it's being aired, depending on when you're listening to it, that's still okay to do. And I'm still a fan of doing that. So this way here, you don't spend a lot of time trying to figure all of those pieces out before you launch. Like I think that it's about getting the product to market. Obviously, you want the product to be good, but the packaging doesn't necessarily have to be like exactly what it's going to be maybe even six months from now, right? Just get it to market, get it in the, in the hands of people. Now, with that being said, if you have a product that is going to be given as a gift, you may want to consider definitely having some packaging made because you do not want someone to get that in the mail and go, how can I give this to someone as a gift? Like that would be kind of weird, right? So maybe just spend a little bit of time thinking about that. But back to your original question, uh, what you want to understand is, yes, you can do that. And you know what? It's not a bad idea to do that either because now you're like, it's like new and improved in a sense, right? Now, if someone had gotten one, they left a review already, they're probably not going to come back unless they do again and see that you've updated your packaging. Now, that doesn't mean that they're going to be upset or anything either, right? It just means that you've just added some new packaging. We see it all the time on the stores, new and improved, and then they have a brand new package. Why do they usually update the package a lot of times? Do you guys know that? Do you guys know why they do that? I think I learned this. I'm not even kidding. I think I learned this in sixth or seventh grade in a little marketing class that we had in school, and I still remember it to this day. And my teacher, uh, she said, that is a marketing tactic that when you can say, you know, whatever, 10 ounces more or new and improved, or there's just something that's different that the package can look different. Maybe it can look a little taller. It looks a little different to the eye because eventually you start to just, you know, look at that, at that item on the shelf or in the store and it just looks the same. My point is this, it, it's been happening forever that the packaging has been changing to draw the attention. Now, you're not doing it to draw the attention. What I'm trying to illustrate here is it's okay to change, and even if your customers bought it without that packaging, I think they're still going to be okay, and I think Amazon's still going to be okay. So I wouldn't worry about upsetting anyone, but I think it's a good idea that when you are ready to update your packaging, um, I recently uh, just did a... uh, what was it? A, uh, yeah, I can't even think here. Uh, you're putting me on the spot. Oh, it was a, uh, Snapchat. I did a Snapchat and, uh, it was me opening up my brand new guitar. I don't know if you guys heard about this, but, uh, I got a new guitar. I've been waiting on this guitar and uh, funny story. Uh, I was, uh, going back and forth. I actually bought it through eBay and I was going back and forth, back and forth. And, uh, you know, it was, it's an expensive guitar. I think it was like $1,300 guitar. And I've been watching this guitar for a long time. It's one of my guitar idols, um, that, uh, that I really have followed since the eighties. And, uh, yes, that's right. The eighties. Uh, I just, uh, dated myself. But, uh, and, I, and I was looking at it and I'm like, I, I really want it. So I made it on, on eBay. You can make an offer. So I made an offer of a thousand bucks and, uh, they turned it down. And, uh, then I 
I went to another seller, did the same thing, and eventually I got one of the sellers to take it. And this is like a limited edition. It's got only 330 were made. I got 211. But the what I'm trying to get to here is this thing arrived and I was so excited, right? And uh, and I actually documented this on Snapchat, uh, and uh, it's pretty funny. And I think I saved the video, so I'm probably gonna post that up on YouTube too. Because here's the thing: when we get something, and if it's something that packaging could could play a part in it, as far as like uh, your perceive your perceived value. Uh, you guys all know this. If you ever got an iPhone or something, if you're like like me, it's got like this nice sturdy box and you open it up and it's got like, you know, another little package in there, maybe a little velvet uh, thing that holds the, you know, the, the little uh, case or the holder. You, you know what I mean, right? Uh, you got all of these different little pieces that go into it and it's like the packaging is huge, right? And I'm not saying you got to go that far, but what I'm saying is, is when you get that packaging, you open it up. Like I opened up my guitar case and there was like, you know, this extra little bag in there. There was the certificate of authenticity. Um, and, uh, and then his signature on it and it had the number like, so every, oh man, it was, I'm getting excited just talking about it. Right. So depending on your product, like if you are selling, uh, a knob that goes on a dryer, you know, like a dryer that you, you know, you dry your clothes with or your wash machine, like don't really think you got to get that crazy with your packaging, right? Maybe retail rate, but it doesn't have to be. It could be poly bag with like a little cardboard top with the, that little eyelet that, you know, you slide on that little hook, right? It could be that doesn't have to be what I'm talking about. But if your product lends itself to being in a nice, uh, sturdy box, maybe some really you know nice graphics, like it may be worth it to go that extra mile. Now, I know I just went on a little bit of a tangent there, but I'm going to bring it on back, okay, to where we are, um, where we're talking about, can you do that on an existing listing? And the answer is yes. And I think that it's smart to do that. So, Hopefully that answered your question. I know I went around this way and that way and up there and down there, but that's how I roll. You guys know that. And from everyone that I talk to, you guys kind of like that. So I'm going to continue to do that. But I always kind of bring it back as a guy at our live event said, his name was Max, by the way. And Max, if you're listening, thanks brother. And I had a great conversation with you. And uh, he said, Scott, I love it how you just You always come back though. And I just did. I think I did come back to that. So I answered your question. So the answer is yes, you can do that. Yes, I think it's smart. Do I think you have to do it in the beginning? No, but I think you can do it and everything can stay the same on the listing. It doesn't matter. I would definitely show off that box. So I would put it in my image, make it look a little bit different. And I would definitely have my brand name and all that stuff on the box and the packaging. All right. So let's go ahead and listen to another question and I'll give you my answer. Hi, Scott. Uh, This is David calling from Northern Ireland. Uh, just a quick thank you for the podcast. It's a great, uh, it's a great motivator, and it's that rare combination of quality and quantity. So, thanks a million for all the work you're doing for us. Um, I have a question regarding reviews and variations. I launched my garlic press here in the UK um, about six months ago, and the sales are steady, and, and that's all good. Um, and the the garlic press itself came in a couple of color variations. Recently, following on from one of your podcast episodes, and to add value, I created a a third variation, which was a garlic press with a peeler, um, which meant I could put my price up a little bit and and separate from the competition and make a little bit more per sale, which which was all perfect. Now, I'm thinking of phasing out the original press and only selling the variation, so only selling the press and the peeler. And my question is, if I stop selling that original SKU, um, will the reviews that came in for that SKU disappear? So obviously right now, 95% of my reviews are for the press on its own. If I stop selling that, 
and only sell the new variation? Will I lose those reviews? Um, like I say, I'm based in the UK, and so volumes are much lower, I think, than in the US. Um, and even I've, I've got a decent feedback process going on. And even with that, reviews take a good while to build up. So I don't want to lose those reviews that came for the original SKU if I switch to selling the variation only. Does that make sense? Thanks. Hey, David, thank you so much for the question. And thanks for being a listener. I really do appreciate that. And uh, yeah, I think this is a great question. Uh, It's also kind of very similar to what I just said in the last question, because it kind of relates to if you make a change to your listing, you know, what should you do? Should you just start a whole new listing and then possibly lose your reviews? Um, Here's the deal. Okay. Now there's a couple different things I want to address with your situation. Okay. Okay, and anyone else out there listening that has a product that they're currently selling, but then they're going to add something to it to make it more of like a bundle or more like an accessory to it, now that's going to be the product. Here's what I think. I think you can still sell the one product on the same listing, add the bundle, add the one with the accessory, right, and keep that one even if, and I call it kind of like a lost leader, almost where you can keep that price point lower to get the attention to bring people into the listing. I want you to think of your listing like it's your store. And if we can get people to open the door and come inside, then we can show them what else we have, right? If you also have other products that you've um, had other customers buy, you're gonna also expose them to customers who bought this, also bought this, so it's another cool thing. You can also then expose them to the promotions that are inside the listing. So if you have uh, promotions that cross-promote other products, which you may or may not right now, but if you do in the future, future, this is a great way to still get people in. Now, if you get people in, let's say that your garlic press, you can you can list that for $12.97 or $12.95 or whatever, $12.99, however you want to price it, uh, but your, your bundle is like $19.99, right? Well, it's a better deal. They know now, I, for just for another, what, seven bucks, I can get, or six bucks, I can go ahead and get you know, this other thing that normally would cost on its own 12 or $13. So it's a no brainer, right? But the lead in offer still can maybe bring in a couple, two, $3 per sale, but it's also going to be a lead gen as we call it to get people into the listing. So that's how I would treat that. I wouldn't necessarily phase that one out. Now you could phase that out. And then you can say like it's new and improved like I just talked about. And then that new and improved has this extra piece in there that makes that process better. The problem with that though is those reviews are not going to talk about the other thing. It's like a variation. If you have different variations that, you know, obviously they're different, well, those reviews are going to be mixed, right? And sometimes you don't know what the review was that people are referring to, right? I mean, that's probably happened to you. It's happened to me. Like I'll find that there's like five different ones. Actually, I'll give you a perfect example. I was looking at suitcases the other day because I'm going to be traveling to San Diego, which I said in the beginning here, and I wanted a new travel carrying, uh, yeah, carrying uh, or, or carry-on one that I could have, but a hard shell. And I was looking at different ones and I'm going through that process. And again, I'm going through the process just like I would if I was, you know, someone that didn't know anything about this, although I do know a little bit about it. But the thing was, is there was like 700 reviews and they had like seven different colors right? So some of them, people were saying, oh, they had, they bought the red one. The red one, it, you know, had a higher sheen than the gray one. So because of that, it 
scratched easier or whatever, right? So sometimes you got to thumb your way through those reviews. And so what I'm saying here is if you had a garlic press standalone and then a garlic press with a garlic press peeler, well, some people are going to dig through deeper to see what the review is about, or they're just going to look at the quality of the item, right? So hopefully that makes sense. Um, I don't think that you have to phase it out completely. And I honestly don't think I would. I think I would keep that skew. Um, and then that way there you have two different SKUs. You've already done the sourcing. And then this way here, it's a nice lead in to bring people into your store or your listing in a sense, right? Think of that listing as a store. And then this way here, you can bring people in, expose them to your world, right? Expose them to other options. Um, so I think that's really, really smart to do that. Uh, because again, if people are thumbing through and they're kind of looking at the thumbnails and they're looking at price, yours might say 1297 to 1997 or 1297 to 2497. That 997 or that 1297 is going to get people. It's going to open their eye because they're shopping price always, and then they're just going to they're going to uh, go ahead and get clicked in there, and then you can expose them to everything you have. So hopefully this makes sense, and I kind of like it, and I didn't even plan that, but it actually goes really well with the last question that I just answered. So hopefully this helped. Uh, thanks for being a listener. Keep me posted and keep uh, keep pressing on, my friend. All right, so let's go ahead and listen to the next question, and I'll give you my answer. Hey Scott, my name is Eric. Uh, first off, I'm digging the show, and uh, my question revolves around branding itself. What is your process of coming up with the actual brand name? How do you go about doing that? Um, branding is such a big business that companies pay tens of thousands of dollars in order to get branding specific, and, it, it, and I know it really depends on what category you go into. But in the same sense, uh, you have uh, generic brands, uh, say Walmart, and they own many brands underneath of them, such as uh, Equate, Old Roy, Special Kitty. All those are brands that belong to Walmart, uh, also known as sub-branding. Um, what are your thoughts on sub-branding as well? Uh, but then you have like uh, your garlic press. If I uh, create uh, a company called Pro Garlic and I sell garlic presses, I'm kind of limited. Uh, but if I have one that's called, say, Pro Chef, which I believe already exists, um, then I can do anything that revolves around the kitchen aspect. Uh, but I can't name a, a baseball Pro Chef. I just wanted to know what your thoughts were on the actual uh, planning, because the essential basis is uh, find a product, buy a product, put a name on it, and sell it. Um, but that's a little difficult. I mean, there's a lot more steps in between, uh, with, as far as, uh, planning it out and, and thinking through for the long term. So I would love to hear your thoughts and, uh, I appreciate it, man. Hey, Eric, thank you so much for the question. Your audio was a little in and out. I'm still going to play it because I think it's a great question. Um, I don't know, maybe there was a little bit of a, of a Wi-Fi issue or something that was dropping in and out. But anyway, we I could hear it. I hope everyone else could hear the question. I'll kind of, I guess, go through and just kind of talk a little bit about what you were asking. And basically how I gathered what you were asking is, hey, Scott, you know, should I go out there and focus a brand on a specific, you know, 
item, like a garlic press, and it's just going to be like garlic press, like university or <laughs> garlic press, like world, right? Like this, this is, this is it. We are only dealing with garlic presses and accessories and, uh, and things that might be, you know, included when you think of a garlic press, like you're, you're really narrowing, you're really niching down, which I don't think is a terrible idea. However, there is some different things that I would consider when doing that, okay? When you first are starting, anyone else out there, and my mind has kind of shifted a little bit. My mind has kind of changed since I started this, this whole thing and dabbling in this, and we're actually uh, in the works right now of, uh, of actually using this, this model of an open brand. And when you have an open brand, what happens is you're able to test other products in other brands. And I know my good friend, Greg Mercer, he's done this right from the beginning, um, where he's not building a specific brand for that item, um, unless, okay, unless it proves that, you know what, this thing has legs, this thing could be something, then maybe we want to then add more products to that brand, but still not like build out this massive, massive brand. There's two different thought processes there. If you want to build out a brand, okay, and and uh, and really like scale that brand and make it where, you know, you're known in the industry for this thing, then yes, you're going to want to really, really hone in on that brand and that brand messaging. I mean, there's a lot that goes into branding. Now, With that all being said, I think in the beginning, we should do a little bit more of the open brand, meaning we have the flexibility of going outside of one niche, right? And how you would do this is you would have an overall brand, right? Like, so it would be like, you know, like you had said, something about, uh, you know, cooking or kitchens, right? If you do something around kitchens or cooking, you can then talk about a garlic press. You can also talk about uh, knives. You can also talk about a cutting board. You can also talk about a squeezer. You can talk about a blender, right? There's all these different things that you can talk about, but it's still it's still specific to that that niche or that niche, depending on where you come from. I always have to say that because I have no idea what's right. I don't know if there is a right. But uh, I like saying niche. That's just me. That's that's what I'm going to go with here. Um, so what I would say is uh, try to come up with a universal brand in the beginning, okay? A universal brand. It could be even as open as XYZ Wholesale. Now, again, I'd come up with a little bit of a better, clever name than that. The other thing that I want to mention here is I see a lot of people, a lot of people spending months, I mean months, In this process of trying to figure out a brand or a brand name or a website URL, and it's just a lot of time. Guys, we can change that down the line if we want to, especially if we go with that kind of open brand kind of model, okay? Meaning something that you could have other sub-brands underneath. I think that's going to be the smartest way moving forward. It's going to allow us to test more products, more brands, or more markets, and then this way here, we can see kind of what sticks, and then if we want to, only if we want to, we can then build that out deeper and uh, and make that more of an overall brand. That's only if you want to, okay? You can still have, like I said, your main account, and a lot of people, they get hung up on this, and they're like, okay, well, wait a minute here, Scott. So if I if I go ahead and I want to get an LLC and I want to you know like build out uh, you know my my business like you know how should I do that like 
within my seller's account. I think your seller's account, your one seller's account that you have should be um, made so this way here you can add those sub-brands. So I would make that more of a generic. I have a generic sub-brand on one of my brands, okay? Um, so I would make that so it's not specific to that market or that niche, right? I would make it more open. And then if you launch a garlic press or a garlic peeler or any of that stuff, then yes, do one maybe in and, and call that sub-brand you know, kitchen something or cooking something, right? Um, something like that. Um, and then if you do something in uh, the sports and outdoors uh, market, well, maybe then you're going to, maybe it's in hiking. So then you're going to have something on your sub brand that would relate to outdoorsy stuff, right? If you do something with guitars and musical instruments, then it'll want to be on, you know, and on that niche or that market, right? So that way there, it can be tailored to that, but it's still sold by, right? Your main seller's account, which would be like, you know, deals are us or whatever. Right. And again, I'm just throwing those names out there. Be a little bit more creative with that, but you can always change that too. Amazon even allows you to change that. It's very easy to do. The thing is, is if you do an LLC or any type of, of, uh, of entity that you're building, um, that is a little bit, I don't want to say permanent, but it's, it's, you're, you're doing all the work to get, uh, your LLC, um, your EIN number, um, checking account, all that stuff. That's why you just need to be careful there. If you're the main brand and it's it's more like the open brand style, then you can you know easily add those sub brands because the sub brands are just um, feeding into the main brand. If that makes sense, hopefully it does. So I guess the answer to your question is I would go more broad open uh, on the on the main brand, and then I would do sub brands. And the other thing, anyone listening, including yourself, do not dwell on this part where you just you get stuck here and then you never move on. So many people, they get stuck and they just, they wonder why it's been eight months and they still haven't launched the product or they still haven't gotten started. The problem is you're trying to say, listen, as soon as I get this part figured up out, then I'm going to move on to the next thing. I'm cool with that, but you got to give yourself a timeline. You got to give yourself a deadline. Okay. And you have to, just like I said in the beginning, guys, you have to just start. And can just get moving. Momentum is a crazy thing, guys. If you start to to get some momentum, it just starts to to really keep things moving, and then things start to happen. Okay. And again, I've said this before. It might not always be exactly what you planned, but you're gonna learn through that process. I promise you that. All right. So, guys, hopefully, and gals. Sorry, I say guys. I hope you guys are. I hope you girls too that are listening, and women, and everyone um, understand. Guys just means everyone. I, that's what we. I, I don't know. I I picked that up from New York. I, I think that's not just a New York thing, but maybe it is. But it's like, hey guys, it's like everyone in the room doesn't mean one in particular person. So hopefully that clears it up. All right. So uh, yeah, that is uh, pretty much going to wrap up this session. If you guys have a question for me that you want me to answer on an upcoming Ask Scott session, head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash ask, and you can do it right there. Just you know, hit the little record button, say your first name and where you're tuning in from. And I would love to, uh, and ask the question, of course, and let me know, uh, your, your question and I'll do my best to air it on an upcoming ask Scott session. Um, if you want to download the show notes, the transcripts, all the links that I talked about, they will be found in this episode at the amazing forward slash two eighty nine. And, uh, yeah, all of that stuff will be over there. If you guys are in San Diego and you guys wanted to hang out and have at our unofficial TAS meetup 
totally unofficial, totally relaxed, totally just going to hang out for a couple, two, three hours and uh, and just get to know each other and, and say hello and meet in person. Um, head over to the Facebook page, uh, theamazingseller.com uh, forward slash F as in Frank, B as in boy. Again, just go to the show notes page. It'll all be there for you. And the word of the day or the phrase of the day is, if you guys are paying attention, come on, just start, right? Just start. All right, guys, that's it. That's going to wrap up this episode. Remember, I'm here for you. I believe in you and I am rooting for you. But you have to, you have to. Come on, say it with me. Say it loud. Say it proud. I can't do it for you. You got to take action. Have an awesome, amazing day, guys. And I'll see you right back here on the next episode. 